Hey friend, Graham Baldwin here with The Speaker Lab. Hey, wouldn't it be nice if someone gave you the exact process to find and book more speaking gigs in 2024? That'd be nice, right? Well, I'll tell you what, we're just gonna do that for you. We've created a new 18-page guide based on Dan Irvin's process that helped him actually book over $100,000 in speaking gigs in the past year. Now, Dan is one of our uh, team members here. He's this, a very successful speaker and also one of our coaches. And so you're gonna learn how to get started prospecting, master discovery calls, proposal emails, and so much more. All you got to do is go to thespeakerlab.com slash steps. Again, that's plural, thespeakerlab.com slash steps. We're going to send you that PDF guide right to your inbox. Again, that is thespeakerlab.com slash steps. That's it. That's all you got to do. Go there. Hey, thanks for listening. We appreciate it. You're awesome. Hey, what's up, friends? Grant Baldwin here. Welcome back to the Speaker Lab podcast. As you may be aware, we are doing these uh, these daily Facebook lives and just sharing some some real time in the trenches right now. What are speakers doing to combat the situation of dealing with the coronavirus? So this is uh, obviously a, uh, a situation that's uh, unprecedented. We are in uncharted waters here, and so we want to make sure that we here at the Speaker Lab are doing whatever we can to serve and support you. And so this is a conversation we had with uh, Brian Fanzo. Brian's a uh, a well known keynote speaker uh, and also does a ton in the technology space it's just a, he's my go-to guy for all things technology so we talk about um, you know, talk, talk about transitioning your talks online and turning things more virtual we talk about interacting and working with clients right now how to be thinking about this the technology to be using and also how to price yourself as a speaker right now for things that are more virtual so uh, big wide-ranging conversation let's jump right in with Brian Fanzo enjoy Hey, what's up, friends? Grant Baldwin here, joined by my buddy Brian Fanzo, and we are talking about all things speaking right now. As you guys are all well aware, uh, it is an interesting world that is changing day by day, especially for uh, those in the trenches in the speaking world. Uh, Brian is a, a buddy and a full-time speaker. He does a lot of gigs, but also why I'm excited about talking with Brian today is uh, he is a technology wizard. So in fact, even before we went live here, uh, I've been kind of picking his brain. and like, okay, well, I don't do a ton of Facebook lives. What do I need to know? Brian's the guy. He's going to help us uh, take some of our, our, our talks uh, that we may have had gigs booked for and how do we take those virtually as well. So, uh, Brian, thanks for hanging out with us, man. Thanks for having me on. You know, it's amazing whenever none of us are traveling. Our, our calendars uh, open up for lots of interviews and, and sharing what's going on. So happy to be here. I, uh, I was texting a couple of different friends, yourself included, and uh, speaker friends and just saying, hey, uh, I'm thinking about doing some Facebook lives or what, you know, what's your schedule like? And everyone's like, I got nothing but time now. My <laughs> schedule is suddenly wide open. So. And I got no one to talk to and I got no airports <laughs> to go to. It's like the, I can't even plan travel. So it's, it's definitely an interesting time. So uh, happy to be here. Well, obviously, this is a very unique time uh, in the world. One of the unique things is, is uh, I was, I was, I was thinking about this. I was scrolling through my phone yesterday, and I was texting, uh, texting a couple friends just to kind of check in, see how people are doing. And I was kind of thinking through, like, just scroll through your phone. You, anyone on your phone, you could text and see how you're doing, wherever they are in the world, and they are going to be affected by this in some yep. way. Uh, and so, like we were talking about, this is absolutely affecting the uh, the speaking industry. So, first of all, how how are you doing? What has what has kind of happened for you? What's your world been like in the past week or so? Yeah. So, you know, like two weeks ago, um, I was at social media marketing world in San Diego and it was funny. I, you know, I had dinner with a, a lot of our mutual speaker friends on the Friday, Jay Bear and Marcus Sheridan kind of organized this dinner. And, um, and it was interesting at that point, you know, Ann Hanley was there and we were all like, maybe there was probably like between 15 of us, like eight gigs that were lost. Um, and then two days later we went to dinner again and there was like a collective, each of us had lost four gigs. And wow. for me, it was interesting, you know, over these 90 days, 
you know, like weirdly for the last four years, January has been my best month of the year. Hmm. Uh, this year I had one gig in January. It was a slow January, but I had over the next uh, 75 days or so, I had 14 gigs. And yeah. uh, in a matter of four days, I lost uh, all but one. And actually it happened to be uh, in Nashville when you and I were trying to sync up last yep, week. Yep. And even while I was at Nashville, you know, uh, I started, you know, some gigs were falling off in July and, you know, some of them were pushing the 2021. Um, some of them were like, Hey, we're going to go virtual. We can't figure that out. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it kind of definitely disrupted. I mean, I, you know, 14 gigs and, you know, planned revenue and that kind of thing coming in. Um, and I went through the, I, I like to say the typical grieving period of like complete disarray, you know, the shock while at the same time realizing that our worlds are changing. Yeah. And then it went through and I was like, well, how does this look virtually? And, you know, the interesting thing with my background is, you know, I've done 3,500 plus live streams um, on Facebook Live or Periscope, um, you know, in the last uh, four years, well, four, four and a half years. And so like this world has been the world that I've, I've used for growing my speaking business, for engaging clients, for adding additional value, but never was like my primary piece, right? I, it's something that I've you know, always enjoyed. And so the part of me went from, oh, wait a second, like I should be able to pivot and make this make sense. Yeah. Um, and, you know, reaching out to clients, a lot of people were like, oh yeah, Brian, we looked at you for live video or for the, you know, the virtual piece. But I also kind of got this feeling of like, we're not ready to even put wrap our heads around that, which is understandable. Yeah. I mean, every day in our real world lives, things are changing. And so that's been a interesting balance of like, hey, do I create a bunch of content? Hey. And so I flipped, you know, for the last, you know, I, you know, I have host couple podcast. I have my blog and my social channels. I've just really doubled down on helping with gear. You know, the amount of phone calls I've taken from random friends, they're like, Brian, I've never set up a, a home studio or what lighting do I get? Right. And, you know, and then just in the last 48 hours, I was telling you before the call, I've had some friends through you know, Facebook connections that are like, Hey, our company has done pop-up events, or we are used to meeting every month in person with our 300 person team that's gone. Can you help us craft what kind of content, like what's the length of content? And I, and I've kind of taken to a soapbox that I don't believe, you know, I think one of the biggest struggles in the virtual space. And, and I, I kind of say this all the time is like, there's a reason virtual events haven't replaced offline conferences. Yeah. And in my opinion, it's because they can't, right? Like there, it's impossible to replace that entire world. I mean, that's why we, it's why we love what we do. It's all of the, you know, the handshakes, the hugs, the serendipity, the yeah. conversations, the hallway, the networking. But I do believe if we reinvent the experience, like start from the, and the way that I've been pitching it or talking to people is like, we, you know, as speakers, I think the greatest thing that we have, and I know I've heard you talk about it a lot is, you know, we have, it's a luxury. We have captured audience, which is the captured attention. I mean, I mean, how amazing is it that we get 30, 45 minutes, 60 minutes with people that yes, they might have their phone or laptop on, but like their ears are tuned into us. And in the digital space, that's impossible. That doesn't even exist, right? Like we have multiple tabs, you know, kids that are running from work from home. And so I'm really been, you know, um, working with a couple tools, a couple, you know, uh, leaders and saying, what if we reinvented this digital thing from a concept of, the distracted attendee, right? Like rather than thinking of it from like, how do we just take and, and go from our offline talks to our online, you know, everything from like, I, I turned my 60 minute, um, you know, my main keynote, which is called press the damn button, which is right here. Um, 
press the damn button, I've turned that into eight minute segments. And so I've taken that 60 minute talk, broke it into eight minute segments so that I could, you know, add some other components throughout it and really spice up the way I deliver it. And so for me, part of this is, you know, it's been interesting this week, it's probably one of the most fun I've had in a while working from home because I get to kind of help craft the message, help, you know, look at the technology pieces. Um, while at the same time, you know, it's also tough, you know, seeing friends, you know, losing business. We both, you know, my brother works uh, for PSAV. Um, you know, he's the head of their digital signage. And, you know, even talking to him at first, I was like, oh, yeah, you guys are impacted. And then I was like, wait a second. You know, and then like all of my friends from South by Southwest that, yeah. you know, I've been there for seven years. So, you know, part of me is, you know, confident and optimistic about, yeah. you know, how do we reinvent and learn in this new environment? And, you know, and part of me is like, I don't want to market or sell anything right now. Like I would prefer just to help, but you know, I have yeah. three daughters and bills to pay. <laughs> yeah. 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 That's a, that's an interesting thing. Uh, I don't want to come back to that, but one of the things you kind of touched on there was, um, well, actually I, I got a couple of different tracks I want to go down, but one of the things that you mentioned is, all right, I had, a, I had a whole bunch of gigs coming up in the coming weeks and months that now all of a sudden, you know, just literally overnight went away. Are you finding that a lot of them are rescheduling? Are they postponing? Are they straight up canceling or are they, you know, altogether like we don't know what we're doing yet? So, you know, I think it's been an interesting mix. You know, a lot of them seem they already had their 2021 date picked. Mm -hmm. and, and for many of them, they already had their speakers lined up for the, the, the next year. You know, I, I do a lot of enterprise technology, you know, like the, you know, Oracle, Dell, um, IBM, like those, those events. And so, you know, interestingly, they're a lot of the, those style, they were like, hey, we're going to go virtual. But I think the mistake, and I think this is something, you know, I think we all have to learn is that they were, a lot of them have gone virtual and then they were like, well, we're only going to use inside internal talent. And so it's yeah. literally six executives that are speaking at it. And I like to say it's not even a virtual event. It's just a webinar back to back. Yeah. Right. And that's such a different, uh, you know, appearance. And, you know, part of me was like, you know, I, I understand it when, you know, we're all evolving. You know, the other part of me, honestly, is I know that's going to fail. I know they're not going to get the attendees, the, the time on page. And I also know that when they realize that they're going to come running back to figure it out. And so for me, I want to be supportive. I want to be dialed in. For a couple of the other events, the the events that you know they've um, they've pushed to the fall, like to the late fall uh, timeframe. You know, it, it's 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 amazing when all of a sudden, like my November and December are starting to um, look like they're going to have a lot of gigs. Where you know in the that past um, right. that really hasn't been the case. But you know, even in that space, one of the things that I've been you know uh, talking to some um, some of them about is okay, even if we're pushing to November December. Like, what do we do with the, you know, the, the time that or even the content and the people that are existing now. And so it's been a, it's been a definitely a, a hybrid mix. I think, um, you know, for me being a person that loves virtual, you know, I respect and love moving to this space, but I also, you know, from, you know, I have to make a living, right. So like, yep. I also don't want to, you know, my fee integrity side of the house, you know, like, you know, and I'm, you know, I'm a fan. I got the book right here. Like literally on, right now. Next there to we me. go. Uh, so, you know, and I can tell you, I actually, I've tapped into your book a couple of times just in the, you know, reminding myself and I, and I will give shout out to Scott Stratton. Um, I was, I can tell you, I was ready to blitz uh, with virtual stuff everywhere and all of these different pieces. And um, Scott had messaged me and he's been an amazing friend in many different uh, arenas. And he just reminded me, he's like, Brian, you've built momentum and relationships for five plus years don't do anything that jeopardizes that for the short term, you know, early adopter, make sure that you're respecting you know, the, the long game as well as what all of these events are trying to do. And I, 
I'm so glad he, he kind of like gave me that little nudge because I, I was still in that weird spot. And, you know, I was on the call with one of the those events that I was going to pitch hardcore yeah. what I can do and my services and why you should still pay me the amount. And I decided not to do that. I decided, hey, how can I help you with your virtual event? How, do you want me to coach some of your um, you know, your executives and speakers on how to be better on live video, you know, like, and, um, and that turned it much better conversation. So for me, I think it's a little bit of wait and see to see how some of these events evolve. But for the most part, you know, I, I don't look at, you know, of the 14 that I had in the, the near term, you know, I think maybe two will end up being like executed offline events with like the same contract that I had. So how, um, how are you also thinking about it from that, from that standpoint though, of the balance of, okay, everyone is, uh, you know, event planners, speakers alike. We're all hurting. We're feeling it. We're anxious. We're nervous. We have zero clue how this is going to play out, what this is going to look like long-term. This feels like in some ways it came out of nowhere. You know, if we look back way back to like a Y2K thing, we all know December 31st is coming, yep. you know, everyone can plan for it. And this feels like, man, this is this tidal wave out of nowhere. And so everyone's just kind of like um, shell-shocked at the moment, unsure right. what to do. And so there's kind of the balance of, you know, okay, I want to, I'm thinking about it for myself, right. what we do with the speaker lab of like, yep. we want to help, 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 help. But like you said, uh, you have three daughters, I have three daughters, you know, we have, uh, we have teams, we have people, we have obligations and responsibilities. And so the balance of just like, I have to eat and live indoors too. Right. And I'm trying to also help people who are licking their own wounds and trying to figure this out. So how are you kind of like thinking about that? And like, what's the, the best approach there? So, you know, it's, it's funny because the, the pressure of that on all of us is so immense. Right. Yeah. And one of the things that, you know, one of my, my keynotes is called digital empathy and I work really hard. It's, 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 to me, it's the, it's the life's work that I want to do for the rest of my life is how do we look at digital technology innovation and the synergy between that and humanity? Right. How do we kind of and, you know, the interesting thing for this coronavirus for me is it's a push, you know, and this is me always putting an optimistic spin on things, but it's a push for us to remember that we, you know, it's a reminder that we are all much more alike than we are different. Right. Yeah. This virus hits everybody in all different ways. And so part of that, you know, and I had this discussion with my dad last night and, you know, my dad is much more like business goes on. People need the norm. Keep pushing. Keep, you know, like that's my dad. Yeah. You know, and and I was like, Dad, I don't I don't when I see an ad ad on my Facebook feed right now, I feel disgusted. I, I it's just my own personal yeah. as a consumer. I'm like, I'm not in the, the, the mindset. And so one of the things that I've done and it's part of like the whole whiteboard, the, the yellow papers behind me is, you know, content has been a the number one way that I've grown my, you know, my speaking business. I, Michelle Joyce is my, my speaker agent. I signed with her uh, almost two years ago, but from a content, you know, from a you know speaker lead perspective, it's my podcast, my weekly, you know, LinkedIn, it's my Facebook live videos. And so one of the things in that whole world is it goes back to the book that actually got me into this space, um, which was two books at once. It was Jab, 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 Right Hook mm -hmm. by Gary Vaynerchuk and Utility by Jay Bear. And mm -hmm. I actually read them both around the same month. It was, I think, uh, the fall of 2013. And for me, if you think about what those two books are about is it's, you know, it's not only giving, but it's giving with this idea of like what I'm giving should make sense to what my business model is because there are, you know, like, I mean, in the last 48 hours, I've had four phone calls where com the companies were like, Brian, we have this massive budget from these four events that we, like our people need this yeah. learning. They need these resources. And so for me, it's like, wait a second. I was like, well, how did you find me? And they're like, well, Brian, I loved your, and I mean, and this is the interesting part. 
So four calls, all four are, I'm going to help, you know, kind of something in the virtual event space. And that's not what I care about as much. Three of them came in Facebook messenger. One of them came on Instagram stories. Hmm. And the one on Instagram stories was like, Hey, that the way that you just approach change is uh, help me convince my boss that we need to pivot correctly. Can I get you on a call to help me out and do that? Right. And so you know, as much as I did some outreach, I'm building landing pages to, to, you know, for these different offerings in this space. I do believe that if we can be the voice that kind of aligns with what, what our speaking is right. And for me, digital empathy, pressing the button, um, you know, the synergy between these worlds, I think are really important. So that's kind of how I'm looking at it. But at the same time, you know, I'm also trying to think about it from, you know, where, where's the value that we can provide without us having to sell. Right. So like, yeah. You know, for the events that were we lost, no, it's not only the event and the company that hired us, but it's the sponsors that were sponsoring it, right? Yeah. Like, and and how many of those sponsors, their sales teams were dependent on the leads they were going to get from that sponsored booth. Yeah. What if we reach out to that group and say, "Hey, can we do a webinar together and let's combine forces so we can help grow those leads for your sales teams?" Those, I think, are the things that. We're not saying, hey, let's sell and market them. We're saying, we know that you lost this and we also lost this. And then I think the, the last piece of it is, you know, being transparent right now is I think probably more important than anything else. And we're seeing a lot more people being, you know, a little bit more vulnerable. And I always say transparency and oversharing aren't the same thing, right? So it's not airing your dirty laundry or whining and complaining. It's more of, hey, this is the truth. This is where I'm at. These are the things I'm doing. And I, and I can tell you that the one of the messages that came through Facebook Messenger, she was like, Brian, I love that you know, you're trying to disrupt the webinar space without selling me a webinar because yeah. it makes a lot of sense. She's like, but could I hire you to do a webinar? And I was like, without question. I just, it, like, I was like, my whole piece on that is let's not sell a webinar that, to replace an offline conference. Yeah. Let's sell a webinar and understand its value. And I think, I think people are respecting that. And I also think every day is changing, right? We're getting more yeah. locked down, more disconnected, and there will be a new normal. And I hate saying it because I'm like, press the damn button and go. But, you know, patience right now, you know, is is probably one of the most important things. Yeah, yeah. Uh, one of the things you kind of touched on, I want to piggyback on was um, this, this idea that uh, all of these events, like in your world, all of these events that have been canceled, postponed, rescheduled, that sort, or just kind of uh, in, in limbo at the moment, um, they they all hired you to come speak to their audience at their event because they uh, they believe that you were able to solve a specific problem for that audience, right? And uh, those events aren't happening, but it doesn't mean that the problems that that audience had or that event or that conference or that company or whatever have now magically disappeared. Right. Those problems still exist. So is there anything that you're doing to, and, and for other speakers who are listening or watching, thinking about like, okay, I had clients or I had clients on the fence or I'm, I'm right there on some, uh, and now everyone's just kind of in this holding pattern, but they still have the problem that I can help with. Are there, are there alternatives that you're kind of thinking through of, Hey, the event's not happening. All right. We're all on the same page on that, but let's talk about how I could, you know, do some consulting with you or, you know, thinking through webinars or trainings. Um, is there like, what types of alternatives are you thinking through in, in that lens? So for me, one of the big piece of this is that, you know, I learned this, you know, with events that are in like the social media content space, that if you take a great YouTube creator and put them on stage, they're not going to work very well, right? Like yeah. they're used to their environment, their jump cuts, their controlled audio, right? And I think for speakers, that's a big difficulty as well, right? Taking a speaker that's used to a stage, a program, live audience, and you put them in front of a camera in their home studio with like a three by three, 
what does that all mean? And not only speakers, but we have teachers, right, that are now having to teach remotely. We have um, managers that are now having to manage remotely. And so one of the things that I think is, you know, interesting, you know, and, and we both, you know, we, when we think about, you know, the craft of telling a story, when the medium changes, the, 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 you know, the, the skill set also changes, right? So yeah. for me, you know, advising and working, you know, immediately, like, like the first person that actually reached out to me on anything um, was, a, you know, one of the executives at Wells Fargo. And he was like, Brian, you're like, you've been preaching to me about pressing the button, talking, you know, uh, and he's like, help me be better on video. And it's virtual meetings. It's not just, you know, giving like a keynote uh, in this environment. And so I'm doing some advising on that side of the house, like how to make that work. I also want to do like kind of like a group coaching in that sense, but I also want to do it in a way that allows me to give people value without me having to do like a, a, a giant funnel around that. And then one of the other things I'm doing probably, probably which the thing I think might end up paying off the most is I'm reworking every keynote description for what I want to give digitally because yeah. The world's changed. And not only has the world changed, but you know, like one of the things I talk about a lot is like I deployed a social selling uh, solution at the data center I worked at in 2013, helping sales teams embrace digital, LinkedIn, social selling, right? But let's face it, in those years, 20% was uh, of their leads and things were existing on the online world. They were still 80% running through networking events and conferences. Well, all of a sudden they have zero choice to go 80, 20 the other way, if not 90, 10 with this, yeah. you know, distancing. And so what I thought of is like, wow, I haven't used that story or that experience in a talk in three years. And I can, it's so like, I went through, and, and this is one of the things I think is probably good from a speaker is I went through every talk that I've given and every description I've given for the last five years. Yeah. And I just put it into a spreadsheet and I took like, cause you know, we, we always tweak and customize. And what I started to look at was how can I look at these and what components now make more sense than they have in the last three years? Like millennial mindset was always a talk that I was kind of, uh, you know, had been known for giving. Well, I took it off my website in July of last year and we were still selling it because it was like, how do you reach millennials? But a lot of it was like, how do you uh, cross generational collaboration? Right. So I had yeah. morphed that talk. Well, all of a sudden now it's like, wait a second, not only do they realize that they have to tap into this audience, but you know, the old adage when someone would tell me, well, Brian, my clients aren't online, right? Like my dad, like my dad didn't get email until 2009, had no social media channels other than LinkedIn. Last night he was like, I think I'm going to break down and get Facebook. Like I need to connect with my, like, and he's a candy salesman. He's like, some of my uh -huh. brokers, like that's where they're having conversations. And if we think about that, there's, there's almost this interesting play of, if we think about education, you know, I, and I talk about this a lot from a, a millennial buyer, right? Like millennial B2B buyers are so new to the, the, the world that the brands that are working are going back and doing 101 B2B purchasing because yeah. these millennials that are in their thirties have never done it. If we as speakers think about that, even our event managers or the, the like they, maybe they've had LinkedIn, they post Facebook to their you know, personal channels. They have, they have no value. They haven't seen like, okay, Hey, if you're a storyteller, maybe your, your talk is on, you know, uh, you know, managing you know, productivity, you know, inside of the workplace. Like how do we adapt that for an environment that, you know, let's face it for six months, people are going to be forced to work from home. And the question becomes, if we become proficient and productive in this new work world, how many of us go back into the office full time, right? Like, yeah. like we, we don't, there's no answer to that. And so I am, I'm reworking each one of my programs um, just to, to kind of tap into this idea that says, what, what is this new environment um, 
you know, look like for those people that I'm solving the problem. Because to your point, the problem still exists. Yeah. But I think for a lot of companies, when everything's changing, we have a, companies and brands have a tendency to be like, maybe that pro problem doesn't exist anymore. Or that put that pro that problem to the back burner. Yeah. And what I think for us as speakers is it's not, hey, telling them to reprioritize it. Rather, rather saying, hey, we're going to help you formulate the, sol the solution of that problem in an environment that is you know, 99% work from home. And yeah. I think that's where I'm really focusing. And, and I can tell you the very first talk I had um, yesterday with someone on like a virtual keynote, not, you know, some of the architecture, she was like, Brian, is this completely different than what you sent me six months ago? I was like, I was like it is like every, you know, takeaway, although the, the, like the main theme is the same. I'm like, Hey, I want to help you get to this empathetic view in a way that makes sense for today because before it was like you know what do you should do at the water cooler and when everyone's in the conference room like and those things don't exist but we still have them you know those similar problems just you know, the the landscape of it looks a little different right well it sounds like um i think that that's good advice for speakers in general who are thinking about like their topics and the problem that they are solving for audiences because um one thing i've heard from some speakers is said like like whatever my topic is whatever the thing is that i, I speak on man maybe i should just go all in on like helping people understand how to work from home or how to you know manage through change and innovation and that kind of stuff and like yeah, the reality is, is like this, this is, this has changed all of our lives. This may be one of the biggest things that ever happens in our lifetime. And so it is kind of this elephant in the room. Um, but I think the danger is, is that there's going to be a lot of speakers who are like, I speak on this, but now all of a sudden I'm going to go speak on this because it's like this, this proverbial gold rush of opportunity there. And I, my, my concern for a lot of speakers is that just, you just become white noise of, you know, all of a sudden everyone's speaking on the same thing. And, you know, and I will say like, I would, I would love to just tap on that real quick is that, I'm the, a guy without a niche, right? Like I, I always say, I'm, I'm, you know, captain, no, no niche. And I'm, I've always, which is not what we recommend. <laughs> but, but let me, let me caveat it. I've always believed if you have a niche, you should double down own yeah. it and make it a, a, a big piece of your thing. But for me, you know, I was diagnosed ADHD at 31, my entire career, the things that, you know, I, I've kind of built a thing where I like to talk to different companies on different topics. But the reason I bring that up is that when you have no niche, and I did a whole podcast on this and I've done some content on it. When you have no niche, you have to do things differently to stand out, to be good at word of mouth. Like one of the things that, you know, our mutual friend Jay Barrett said to me, he's like, Brian, you're killing it. I love what you're doing. I have no idea what you sell. And I was like, oh, like that's, yeah. you know, when I, my friend and so, and I remember that, like that ringing really true to me. And so I'm going to add to that warning is that when you start to separate yourself from the niche that you, you're advising people to have, one of the things you also have to be cognizant of is do you all, not only do you play in the white noise or you're jumping on shiny objects, but does it become harder for people to explain what you do and the value you provide? Because the more difficult you make that, and I, I'm speaking from experience, like for me, you know, I, I, I'm now, I've, completely branded under digital futurist, which makes so much more sense to my background, cybersecurity and yeah. my world. But not, it wasn't until Michelle was like, Brian, like millennial keynote speaker that talks on these topics. That's a podcaster that, you know, it, it does all these things. She's like, people love you, but they're not sure what, where you yeah. fit. And because yep. you're not sure where you fit, they fit you nowhere. Yep. And I am, I'm, I'm the same worried as you are. And, that, and that's why I said that, like it, if you have a niche and maybe your niche is a little bit at this moment, you know, you're worried about how that niche is going to feel like there's something to remember that like we are going to go back to a new normal at some point. And so maybe it's not jumping on something new, shiny object, but taking your niche and okay. And this is something I, I, I love coaching this side of it is 
yes, your niche might be an industry or an exact role or whatever, you know, whatever that may be. But can you take the psychology, can you take the why of what you help people do and impact that on something else, right? So it's not as much as you're now doing multiple things like I do. It's like, hey, I'm really good at helping people, you know, um, manage in, you know, in crisis. No, well, crisis is an easy one at this point, but like, you know, I'm really good at helping people uh, downsize um, their teams. What, you know, maybe that's the the niche that you're focused on. Well, what is the downsizing, you know, mindset? What are the what are the the fundamental characteristics of that talk? And then how can you adapt that to? Okay, hey, I know you're making tough small business choices in your world now, and crafting a talk that helps small businesses adapt and, and, you know, prioritize their, you know, their, their workforce. I can see that like, that's where I think we should focus more on not, I mean, and we all saw it. I mean, like in the last week I, I did the, I did the numbers work from home was the, the term work from home and remote working um, increased 88 times um, wow. since uh, in one week. So last Wednesday or last Wednesday to this Wednesday, 88 X. And I can tell you as someone that I've managed remote, remote teams, I built out like, man, this is the content I'm going to create. This is everything I'm going to do. And then on a call with my team, I was like, I'm not sure, A, do I need to play in that space? And B, what does that lead to anything that I want to help people accomplish? Yeah. And so I've pulled that back a little bit on that. And so I think that is extremely important right now is to not, not make yourself not only disappear into the noise, but make it so it's so hard to explain what you do that you ruin a lot of the, you know, the, the niche value that you've already created. Yeah. Uh, let me ask you this. Um, as far as people who are saying, okay, I'm, I've done a lot of, uh, I had a lot of gigs coming up. Um, and now all of a sudden maybe those gigs aren't happening and I'm thinking about doing more virtual stuff. How do you think about pricing, uh, for virtual versus in-person speaking? So this is a, this is an interesting one. I think this is one that I think, uh, is, you know, you know, I think as speakers, this is one of the things that I didn't really realize before getting into speaking is not only, you know, the pricing, but, you know, conveying your value. And I, one of the struggles I had early on was, you know, when you're conveying that, you know, trying to to price, you have to be confident yourself in the price is worth the, you know, the value. And so one of the ways that I've been positioning it myself is that, you know, if, if it's someone immediately, if, if they give me off the impression that, well, Brian, it's going to be an online event. So I'm, I'm guessing your price is, is less. Like if I get that feeling, they don't even have to say that rather than saying, okay, well, how am I going to cut my pricing? I start thinking, okay, what components can I add so that they don't bring my price down? Right. So like, yeah. Oh, like, do you have a video to promote on Facebook live or Facebook video? Right. Um, actually on the call yesterday, I was like, you know what? You know, I know you said you want me to be more a part of your event. You're trying to figure out your budget. Why don't I do a 20 minute interview with all five of the other speakers? And I kind of just highlight them because I enjoy doing it. And she was yeah. like, you'd be willing to do that? And I was like, yeah, you know, if, and she's like, that's well worth it. Keeping the fee that way. So I'm a, kind of approaching it that side. The other piece of it is remembering what, like not only what value you provide, but what the overall arching pieces are, right? Like the, and, and I think this is something that I, it took me a while to learn and we can talk about it in like the free speaking world. But one of the things that I realized uh, two years ago was if, if a opportunity arrives for an industry event or really any event where the audience has never heard of me, they have no idea who I am. And I'm right. not saying I'm a big deal, but if that audience is like, who's the guy with the hat? Why is he talking so fast? Like that, that feeling, that's my number one um, you know, uh, side of stage lead opportunity. Like the leads I get from those environments are the best. And so yeah. in the virtual environment, I have to think about that again. Right. And I think sometimes we forget that and we're like, Oh, you know, it's going to be online. Everyone can reach it. And so one of the things that we can also tap into is like, Oh, by the way, like I, 
I understand you might want me to, you know, bring my fee down, but you know, in return, is there any way that I could, you know, be a part of one of your sponsor calls, or uh, is there a chance for me to be able to, you know, you for you to connect me with some of these other um, companies that are in your space that have never heard of me, that I have a chance to make that happen? And so I'm working hard at, you know, fee integrity. I can also say, having a speaker agent that is amazing at the that piece of it, um, yeah. Michelle. A massive shout out to Michelle. She's that. That's what. That's her goldmine, right? She is yeah. so good at kind of reframing that and setting that up. Um, you know, the the honest truth is there's there's conversations that I know that would be very difficult for me to hold um, yeah. strong, and I'm I'm allowing her on on that side to do it. But I think that's it's something important for us to think about, and I also think it's important for us to respect the disrespect for virtual. Uh, presentations yeah. and it's our job to convey what we're doing to make them not what they have been right like yeah. when I told you like I mean I spent it was 11 hours restructuring my entire talk which is the talk I've given more times and so when I'm on the calls they're gonna know that like not only did I I didn't just like chop it into eight-minute chunks I rethought every story every one of the takeaways I rethought the the entry point and the exit point of all of these eight minute segments and I'm right. someone that likes to talk right so like it makes it very difficult to to do that and I think as speakers if we if we do the disservice of being like oh I know you probably think you know it's virtual so it's for less I think we're doing our intellectual property we're doing our skill set a disservice so I think it's important to kind of convey what we're willing to do and what we provide that is you know different in this you know digital space. Very good. Brian, I've got uh, plenty of other questions, but I want to be respectful of your time. So uh, may, we may have to have you back here. Uh, if people want to find out more about you, track what you're up to these days, where can we go? Uh, so the speaker website is brianfanzo.com. So brianfanzo.com is the new speaker site. But uh, I'm iSocialFans on every single channel with a Z at the end. Um, and you know, I would say like, pick your favorite channel. Give me a follow there. I, I create a lot of content on every channel, so you don't have to follow me um, everywhere. But you know, my, the I also try to think about giving and how do we, you know, help people out in this time. You know, I created an Amazon, you know, I'm an Amazon influencer page and I get like 20 cents for every hundred dollars that's out there. But it, I, I decided to break down different kits for people and equipment. Like for me, one of my concerns is like, I don't want equipment to be the roadblock to success, yeah. but it's also that usually becomes the crutch. Uh, where we're like, oh, well, I'm not going to do virtual because I don't have a camera or the lighting. Um, so you know, feel free to reach out to me on any of the channels with any tech questions, any gear questions. I, I, I'm not selling you anything. I don't have a product in that space, but I feel it's somewhere that I can give back because I've tested you know, every microphone, every, like, I mean, literally every right, microphone, right. Every, the gear that we're doing for live streaming. Um, and I'm happy just to share, you know, my opinion on that, but, uh, Grant, thanks for having me on. I tell you what, I, I'm a fan of the book. Man, I, 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 of all the speaking books, when I, they come in for me, part of it is I feel like, Hey, I'm learning on the fly and, and not saying I know everything, but I'm like, what am I going to learn? Lots of great nuggets in there, man. I, uh, kudos sure. to you for really kind of breaking down some of the nuances that, you know, the speaking world didn't do a good job of educating me with as I jumped in and, and uh, the book's good stuff. So uh, I appreciate cool. that. Thanks, man. I appreciate you. All right. Cheers. All right. There you go, my friends. Hope you enjoyed that conversation with Eric. Like I mentioned, we're going to be doing these daily uh, during weekdays. We're going to be doing these daily uh, Facebook Live interviews and just conversations with people in the speaking industry. So make sure you check us out over there, uh, over at thespeakerlab.com slash Facebook, speakerlab.com slash Facebook. Hey, if you need anything else during this difficult time, please don't hesitate to reach out. Let us know myself and our team at the Speaker Lab. We are happy to help and happy to serve however you can. We've been in uh, the space for a while. We're going to be in this space for a while and so we want to do whatever we can to uh to help you all right so uh you're awesome the world needs your message keep doing what you're doing all right we'll talk to you soon